What's going on here? Resistance is futile. This, indeed, you are powerful. Is in my hand. Fan effect. Telltale sign of the summer, too, is uh, what to watch, uh, whether in your home, streaming, maybe out at the uh, theater, too. Yes, so we have Andy Farnsworth from KSL News Radio's uh, Fan Effect podcast and the movie show and so many fun things happening and a good weekend to take Dad to the movies. Yeah, and there's two big movies that come out this weekend. It's actually hard to choose which one to pick, yeah. but because it was either Flash or the new Disney Pixar movie Elemental, but because I host a nerd podcast, <laughs> I figure... All. Because well, they do everything. Well, right, but let's go. Let's start with The Flash. Let's okay. start with that okay. one. All right, so The Flash is the latest from the DC Comics movie universe. That's the one with Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. He, the Flash, for those who aren't aware, is a superhero who can run really fast, faster than the speed of light. By day, he's a crime lab technician named you Barry Allen, and in this movie, he's played by Ezra Miller. Barry's father is in prison, convicted of murdering Barry's mother, a key point in Barry's life because he knows his father's innocent, but so far has been unable to provide any proof. So when Barry learns that he can run fast enough to travel through time, he decides to go back and prevent his mother's murder, despite warnings from Ben Affleck's Batman that messing around in the past can change way more than you intend. Well, Barry doesn't listen, goes into the past, and changes way more than he intended. The biggest and most exciting differences for movie fans watching, like you and me, is that Barry's changes put him in a parallel universe where Michael Keaton's version of Batman lives. I don't want to give anything more away for fans who are excited to watch this, though, to be honest, I felt like the movie's own trailers gave away way more than I would have liked them to. Some critics are raving this is the best superhero movie ever. I have to disagree with those who say that, but don't get me wrong. This movie was very enjoyable and certainly one of the better superhero movies, especially of the past few years. Was it as good as Spider-Man No Way Home? Not to me, but The Flash does have lots going for it. Perhaps nothing more than Ezra Miller himself, regardless of his bad behavior headlines of the past couple of years. He's absolutely incredible in this. He plays two versions of Barry Allen, the one who goes back in time and the one who exists after the changes. And when they're both on screen at the same time, you actually forget it's a CG trick and you kind of assume it's two different actors. There are fun cameos, even beyond Michael Keaton. And having Keaton back in the bat suit while Danny Elfman's theme was playing was just awesome. The Flash isn't perfect. It's two and a half hours long, and I kid you not, people were dashing for the restrooms at the end. I think it's a bit too dark and violent for the younger kids, but it is also hilarious at times and makes you think about why and how the moments from our past make us who we are today. This, definitely, uh, this will definitely go over better with the teenage and older crowd. I give The Flash three and a half out of four stars. It's rated PG-13 and is playing only in theaters. Now, something that is safe for the whole family, Disney and Pixar's latest animated film, Elemental. Disney's hoping this one will perform well at the box office after lower-than-usual returns from the last couple animated releases. I'm not sure this is the one that's going to make their worries disappear, but... It is an enjoyable and creative effort. Elemental is set in a world inhabited by the four basic elements, earth, wind, and fire, oh, and also water. The movie begins with a married fire couple named Bernie and Cinder, get it, Bernie, Cinder, immigrating to Element City, which is kind of like New York City. They settle in Firetown and run a convenience store with their young daughter, Cinder. Bernie's playing, uh, planning for Cinder to run the store someday, but he's not sure when because she struggles to control her fiery temper. Eh? When a water leak springs in the store, something obviously dangerous for people made of fire, the city inspector Wade, who's made out of water, shows up and explains they'll have to shut the store down, so Cinder has to convince Wade not to let that happen. And in the process, the two find out that maybe fire and water 
can mix, eh? Visually, Elemental is beautiful. The way the fire glows and the water flows is just amazing for an animated movie. The story's decent, and it seems to give a voice to the immigrant experience in a way that's real and accessible for everyone. Director Peter Soon said that uh, he based it on his experiences as a Korean immigrant in the 1970s. Each element has their own quirky characteristics, like how air plays a version of basketball up in the sky, how Wade and his family of water people cry at the drop of a hat, Cinder's fiery temper, you know, stuff like that. There are a couple of head-scratching moments toward the end of the movie, but it doesn't take away from a very enjoyable family experience. My 18-year-old daughter says she thought it was the most genuine romance in a Disney movie that she's seen in a long time. I personally give it three out of four stars. Elemental's rated PG, uh, PG and is playing only in theaters. And uh, I've got to mention, there is a Pixar animated short before the movie called Carl's Date with Carl and Doug from Up. And it just gives you all the feels in just six short minutes. It reminds you how good Disney and Pixar can tell a story when they're at the top of their game, to be quite honest. Now, turning to streaming, fans of Star Trek should be happy with the return of Strange New Worlds for a second season. Though the Star Trek series on Paramount Plus have kind of been a mixed bag as far as quality and fan appreciation, Strange New Worlds has been pretty universally well-received. It stars Anson Mount, Rebecca Romaine, and Ethan Peck as Captain Christopher Pike, his first officer, Una Chin Riley, a.k.a. number one, and Mr. Spock, respectively. They are stationed aboard the USS Enterprise in the time just before Captain Kirk in the original 1960s series. The title of the show comes from the Star Trek mantra to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations. Season 1 introduced us to the crew of the Enterprise. Now Season 2 really hits the gas. Fallout from the events of Season 1 will be dealt with in the first few episodes. This season will introduce a young James T. Kirk, not yet a captain, and also not William Shatner. Also, they bring on Carol Kane as an engineer and even somehow have a crossover episode with the animated Star Trek series Lower Decks. I can't wait to see how they pull that one off. Star Trek Strange New Worlds continues the style of self-contained episodes with a few season-long story threads, but mostly it's Planet or Alien of the Week, like the original series. Visually, the show is on par with the movies. The first episode of Season 2 of Strange New Worlds is available to stream now with a new one each week on Paramount+. Plus. For the next 10 weeks, the show's rated... TV 14. Now, if you grew up in the 1980s and early 1990s, then you remember how there really was no bigger movie star than Arnold Schwarzenegger. Terminator, Predator, Kindergarten Cop, Total Recall, True Lies, Twins, Command. I mean, it's an incredible list of blockbuster movies. But until I watched the new documentary series on Netflix called Arnold, there was lots that I did not know about his life and journey. It's actually quite remarkable. Arnold is narrated by the actor himself as he tells his life story in three parts. His childhood and bodybuilding years, where he won multiple world championships, by the way. His acting years, where he went from having his dialogue replaced in a movie by another actor because Arnold's Austrian accent was so thick, to basically setting the standard for action movies. And finally, his political career, where he eventually served as governor of California. It is truly an amazing story, but what I liked about the series was not just the nostalgic rush of being transported back to those days when he ruled the box office, but also how he was willing to address his personal faults. He's candid about the affair he had that destroyed his marriage to Maria Shriver. Neither she nor any of the kids were interviewed for this documentary, which I thought was a very loud comment on how she feels about him still, especially because even Sylvester Stallone was interviewed for the documentary, and he and Arnold hated each other in their action movie days. Fair warning, the documentary is full of adult language. However, for people my 
my age and older, it's a fascinating watch. There are three episodes that are a bit less than an hour each. Arnold is on Netflix. Now, for the honorable mention list, stuff that you may be interested in but that we don't have time for more in-depth coverage. First up is an action movie sequel on Netflix called Extraction 2, starring Chris Hemsworth. After his character barely survived the events of the first Extraction movie, Hemsworth's Tyler Rake is back as the Australian black ops mercenary, which is an aside because, uh, you know, Lenny can at least use his natural Australian accent. Anyway, Rake is tasked with another deadly mission to rescue the family of a European gangster from prison where they're being held. It's rated R, and it is streaming on Netflix. In theaters, we have a horror comedy called The Blackening. You know how the stereotype in horror movies is that the black people get killed first? Well, what if all the characters are black? The humorous tagline from the movie is, we can't all die first. The blackening centers around a group of friends who get together for a Juneteenth weekend getaway to a remote cabin in the woods, where nothing ever good happens, where they end up trapped with a sadistic killer. They didn't screen this one for critics, but it looked pretty funny. It's rated R and in theaters. Finally, fans of Marvel Comics movies or superheroes in general may be interested in the new documentary Stan Lee on Disney+. Plus. It's from director Stan Gelb. And it's the official documentary about the late Stanley Lieber, his journey to become one of the most influential people in the world of comic books and pop culture. The man either invented or co-created Spider-Man, Captain America, Thor, Iron Man, the Avengers, the X-Men. It's just a ridiculous amount of the most well-known heroes and villains. The documentary uses only archival material, personal home videos, interviews, and audio recordings, because he passed away about four or five years ago, and I loved it. He has such a distinct and recognizable voice, too. I highly recommend Stan Lee to anyone interested in Marvel superheroes or the Marvel movies, and it's streaming on Disney+. Plus. Now, looking ahead to next week, speaking of Marvel... We've got Samuel L. Jackson's Nick Fury trying to stop a secret invasion in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and a quirky star-filled comedy from director Wes Anderson called Asteroid City. Okay. Okay. There's a lot of stuff. But this week, it's The Flash. It's Elemental. I, I was really interested in your Elemental review as well because I, I, I just wasn't sure if this was going to go in the way of Disney and be great and Pixar or... Well, I mean, everybody's tastes are their own. Yeah. And this was good. Honestly, the thing that hurts you this movie it. the most, having that up short right before it. Because that was it reminded so you six good. minutes. So good, yeah. It reminds you of what was so good. But like, you don't, they don't even have to say anything. Carl's going to go on a date. Yeah. I mean, I can say that to you right now and you're already thinking the same thing that I was <laughs> yeah. thinking when you watch it. Like... He's old enough to go on a date? Well, yeah, but like, oh. okay, let's say he is going to go on a oh, date. Oh, Carl's, Carl's the, 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 Ed yes. Asner. Yes, oh, okay, yes. I was thinking of Doug. Doug is the dog. The dog. Doug can go on a date, too. But, <laughs> but, I mean, think about it. You think about that right yeah. now. You've already, you're, this is what you're going to do when you Aww. see it. And then you watch Elemental, which was good, but when you got up comparison right before it, so good. up's one of the best of all the Disney it Pixar. Is. That's good stuff, Andy. I'm just thinking yeah. about Indiana Jones coming out in a week and a half. Two, two weeks. weeks. I saw it last night. <laughs> Andy, thank you so much. I told Andy we're not talking. <laughs> I don't want to know anything. <laughs> I didn't see it last night. <laughs> Be right back. Be right back. <laughs> so is it good? And we're back. I'm producer Kelly Ann, and I'm going to give you a little bit of my take on these two big movies hitting the box office this weekend. We have, of course, DC Extended Universe 14th film in the now softly rebooting universe, The Flash. And we also have Disney Pixar's new animated heartfelt film, Elemental. 
Now, I'm going to stay spoiler-free here, but I do want you to know that this is coming from the bias of a super fan. I love DC Comics, and for a long time, my goal was to work there. And I am also a Disney fan, a, a Disney adult, as they say now, a Disneylander, and have been on panels about Disney and lots and lots of podcasts about them. So it's a little bit of a bias about these two, but I love them both. Let's see how they compare to each other. And like Andy, we're going to start with The Flash. Now, The Flash is the 14th movie in the DC Extended Universe. It hits theaters at a strange time for this superhero canon because as of the end of 2022, the DC Universe is being scrapped and being worked, reworked by James Gunn. So The Flash, as well as the upcoming Aquaman, The Lost Kingdom, is going to serve as a soft reboot for the DC, according to Gunn. And while it's getting lots of praise by individuals in the entertainment and movie industry, including Tom Cruise and Stephen King, it's not really making much of a stir with audiences as uh, excitement isn't quite building for that. But for people like me, it really is building something exciting. I just thought it was a ridiculously fun comic book film and just ridiculous in the best way. It's an action-packed, humorous movie that captures the over-top gothic camp of Tim Burton's Batman era in the 80s and 90s, as well as the more down-to-earth, high-drama era that we're used to right now in the Snyderverse. It also draws heavily from the comics. Uh, People who are familiar with the Flashpoint Paradox, which relaunched DC Comics in 2011 into the New 52, It draws heavily on that with some direct panels and references straight from the comics. So this film so rewards existing DC Comics fans. And what's wonderful about that is fans of each generation will be rewarded for their fandom. And hopefully new fans will be made from this as it continues the story of the Snyderverse. This really is a different and a fresh version of the superhero multiverse. I know we've really had a lot of that right now with the Marvel Cinematic Universe as well as we have the amazing and wonderful Cross the Spider-Verse that just came out. This really is a fresh take on what a multiverse is and means and its repercussions through it. I kind of wish that it wasn't put out so close to Across the Spider-Verse because this film is so good and it's so fresh on that and there's going to be a lot of comparisons there. It gives a different and deeper look into some of these characters and their realities and their expectations. It was bittersweet because I want more of this DC extended universe, but I know that this soft reboot means it's going to be changing. Now, some of the drawbacks of this film is it is a bit violent. It is PG-13 for violence and a little bit of nudity. So it's not something you're going to bring your whole family to. As well as I didn't quite like the CGI what used within it. Um, I thought it, they could have spent a little bit more time perfecting that a bit more. And you're going to have to ignore some of the history of the actual production. Um, so it is a little bit awkward to know that this film would have been put out three years ago if it wasn't for some drama with some of its cast members as well as the pandemic. Uh, but once you let go of that, you really can just embrace this fun universe. And there is just some amazing cameos within this film some very fun uh, callbacks to other features to other comics and the soundtrack is something just to die for from its callback to Danny Elfman's The Batman 1989 album to some of the newer ones we've gotten used to with Wonder Woman with Justice League and some uh, pop culture (laughs) and fun songs mixed without it the soundtrack really is a standout on this film
So fans are going to be rewarded, new fans are going to be made, and it's really going to be enjoyable for the most part. And that is my quick take on The Flash. And if you want a little bit more of a deep dive on The Flash, going into the comic history, the trivia of the film, and why I enjoyed it so much, I will be recording a deep dive with KSL News Radio Don Brinkerhoff. He is a fellow DC Uber fan, and we are so excited to discuss this film. Like, seriously, we just sat and talked for like an hour in the parking lot afterwards because it was so much fun just to dive into the history. And that'll be coming out soon. Now let's go ahead and move over to Elemental. This film is the latest heartfelt offering from Pixar Disney Animation. And it really is a cute and unusual story about family, love, and even crafting your own possibilities in life. I also would say it's very punny with wonderful plays on the elemental aspect of the show. From the fireplace store to an airball stadium is full of some fun background and punny scenes within the universe. Now, this is a beautifully animated and playful Pixar films, but it does have some of its drawbacks. It doesn't give quite the regular Pixar emotional burn or punch that we would like, but at the same time, it is very endearing and even darling. I love how family-focused this film is. It's not just about a romance of, you know, star-crossed lovers, as maybe some of the trailers made it seem, but it really is a realistic family generational story and about someone trying to break free of others' expectations in order to pursue their own. Some of the flaws in this film is they really tried to get too much in its messaging. At times, I wasn't sure what type of movie they were trying to show us. Is this an adventure? Is this a romance? Is it an immigration story? Overall, it is a real heartfelt story with the message of acceptance of the other while maintaining your own traditional or cultural identity, which really makes it to be a wonderful hit with some audiences. Honestly, I really did enjoy this film. I thought it was fun. It was inspiring. It took me a little bit to warm up to the characters, but when I did, I really did enjoy them. And wow, is there some stunning animation moments within this film. I really do think it is on par with Pixar movies like Inside Out without quite reaching the spectacularness of Up. (laughs) And I do want to say the short before this film, Carl's Date, uh, which features Up's Carl and uh, his wonderful trusty dog, Doug, is beautiful and fun and moving. And you might want to bring a little bit of tissue if you're seeing that. So at this point, I'm not picking a favorite of these two, of The Flash or Elemental. I like them both for their own reasons, and they have some flaws for their own reasons. Overall, I do believe they are both wonderful stories that are worthy to see on your big screen. And what's a better place to go see these on the big screen than the Megaplex Theaters, who is the sponsor of our podcast. We'd like to thank them for letting us take this time today to let you know what to watch, as well as KSL TV for letting us turn their TV segment into this podcast. I hope Andy and I have helped you decide what to watch this weekend and made you excited to go out there and explore the stories you love. Thank you, and I hope you join us next time on Fan Effect. 